Hi everyone, my name is Hamid. I'm a retired divorce lawyer, mediator, arbitrator, private judge, and author who doesn't want his 25 years of experience to go to waste. So I've moved on to being a divorce coach and planner. I'm co-hosting a podcast where Mary Johnson and I share valuable information for you if you're going through a divorce. And I'm also passing on these quick tips so that you can make better choices during your divorce and get better results. You can use them or ignore them. That's up to you. But I can promise you that each one of these tips has worked very well for all the people I've personally helped. So let's get to the quick tip for today. If you're involved in a divorce, one of the first decisions you have to make is how you're going to do your divorce and what kind of help you need, if any. Pay close attention at this stage because while picking the right method will make things easier on you and save you time, stress, and money, picking the wrong one can actually do more harm than good. Now, the most common ways of doing your divorce are A, some variation of a do-it-yourself, B, mediation, or C, hiring a lawyer. And each one of these has advantages and disadvantages depending on your circumstances. So here's a quick overview, summary, and my opinion on each one. The do-it-yourself models are going to be by far the least expensive, and there are lots of variations of it today, ranging from self-help books, document preparation services, and online divorce packages, where your information and agreement is crammed into templates, circulated for signature, and then filed with the courts. Some of the services even let you talk to a lawyer who will answer some basic questions about your rights and options, but without representing you. Be careful. While this sounds like it covers all the bases and this abbreviated process may be a good option for a simple divorce, which I'll describe in a second, the more issues that are involved, the more likely it is that this is not the option for you. There's just too much to risk and too much to lose. Now, a very simple divorce, one that might be suitable for this do-it-yourself model, would be one where you've been married for a very short amount of time, uh, say less than five years, you have no children together, you don't need financial support from each other, and you're sure, you're sure that there are no major assets to deal with, like a business, real estate, retirement accounts, or intellectual property like copyrights, patents, trademarks. And you're not worried that anything may have been hidden or transferred by your spouse. In other words, you trust your spouse. Under these circumstances, there's not much to lose if mistakes are made or if something is missed. But if any one of the above exists in your situation, now you're taking a risk that a mistake, an error, or a mission in the process, including how well the final paperwork is done, could have bad consequences. Unfortunately, people understandably assume that, well, because the courts accepted the documents, they must be done well, and now I'm protected but nothing could be farther from the truth. The courts accepting the documents only means that the minimum procedural steps were taken to get your documents through the red tape. Like I said, this is a good option for some, but it's not for everybody. 
Now, the next option is mediation, which is good if you and your spouse can negotiate in good faith. And one, the mediator you actually select has the appropriate education, experience, ability, and temperament to oversee your negotiations. Not all mediators are created equal. And in most states, there's no licensing or regulations of mediators. So literally anyone with any kind of a background can call themselves a mediator, and many do. Two, the mediator you select understands that they're supposed to be neutral and impartial, and they will act that way. Too many mediators I've seen either misunderstand this or they drift out of this responsibility as the mediation goes on and they begin to express their opinions, they start taking sides or they start predicting the outcome of the issues if it was to go in front of a judge by saying, well, this is what a judge would do or this is what would happen under the law. Forget it. Nobody knows what a judge will do unless and until that judge hears the evidence. It's ironic, but based on my experience, the retired judges who act as mediators are the ones who are most likely to do this because they've been on the court and they, well, anyway. Three, you feel absolutely confident that you can stand up and speak for yourself during mediation. Mediation is sometimes used by a spouse to keep a case out of the hands of a lawyer and out of the courts so that their position won't be challenged. To a bully or to an overbearing person, the divorce process itself is just another way of bullying someone or getting their way, but without any supervision or consequences. Know your spouse and know yourself well. If you have doubts, then you may want to use a lawyer who can watch out for you and negotiate on your behalf. And then there's hiring a lawyer, which will be the costliest of the options we've talked about. However, if one, you have a potentially complicated issue, two or more, two, you have trust issues with your spouse, or three, you're going to need a judge to order your spouse to do or not do something, having a good attorney is a must. Under these circumstances, the right attorney can actually save you anywhere from tens of thousands all the way up to millions of dollars in asset value, as well as legal fees. But realize that as with any other professional, all lawyers are not created equal in terms of experience, knowledge, and temperament, ability, and sensitivity. You must select your lawyer carefully. Otherwise, on top of dealing with all the complications of the divorce itself, you might find yourself dealing with an attorney who actually causes more problems than they solve, and they charge you a lot of money to do it. Now, remember that just because you have a lawyer doesn't mean you're going to court. A good lawyer always looks to avoid the courts and uses them only as a last resort, or when your spouse is not willing to give you what you need when you need it. The court should always be used as a last resort, not as a first option, even for lawyers. So pick the process that is suitable for you carefully, and if in doubt, 
contact the divorce coach to help you assess your situation and find the right process. And if you need a mediator or a lawyer, your coach should be able to help you find a good one. More information on this and other useful topics are in my completely free ebook, Divorce with Confidence, that's available for download at www.divorcewithconfidence.org. There's no catch. You don't need to enter any information. You don't need to enter your phone number or email. Just download it and read the sections that are useful to you. You can also contact me through that site if you want me to be your personal divorce coach and planner. Working with you, I'll make sure you stay well-informed and provide you with a specific plan that suits your needs. Then I'll walk with you through the entire process with as much or as little help as you need. From that point on, you don't worry about a thing until and unless I tell you there's something to worry about. Remember that these quick tips are sponsored in part by the law firm of Nader, Naragi and Woodcock, where they pursue peaceful settlement if possible and aggressive litigation when necessary. Visit them at www.nnwlegal.com. And California Divorce Consultants, experienced attorneys offering consultations on a pay-per-minute basis with no obligation and no retainers. Find out more at www.californiadivorceconsultants.com. The content and conversations in this podcast are for informational and entertainment purposes only and do not contain legal advice, legal opinions, or any other form of advice regarding any specific facts or circumstances. Communication of information through this podcast, one, does not create or constitute an attorney-client relationship, two, is not intended as a solicitation to create an attorney-client relationship to provide legal services as to any particular matter, and three, is not intended to convey or constitute legal advice or to provide a substitute for obtaining legal advice from a qualified attorney. You should not act upon any such information without seeking qualified legal counsel on your specific needs.